Welcome back, Chairlift Talks Podcast, episode three? Three. Yep, episode three. Yes, episode three. Um, Today's going to be a fun one, a long one, a fun one. A STEM-related one, we don't really know. An interesting one. An interesting one. We can say that for sure. Today, the M in STEM stands for mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's right. All you you math people out there. (laughs) Calculus. We're doing conspiracy theories today. (laughs) Um, But first, we're going to start out with... uh, uh, We didn't introduce this segment last week, but we're doing a tech talk. Uh, to start every episode, or we're going to try to at least. And we're talking about cars again. <laughs> um, but this one's a big one. The new Hennessy Venom F5, revealed today, December 15th, so a couple days before you guys are actually listening to this. But Guys, I have been waiting for this car for fucking six years. <laughs> I Literally, they, they we knew they were doing it like a long time ago. I don't know why it took them so long to pump this shit out. Because it's fucking America, okay? America, Wait, Americans can't make cars fast. Okay, when they first went 270 miles per hour in the Hennessy Venom GT, and I think it was 2014, Somewhere. I went to, like, Hennessy's website, and I saw they were literally already working on a new car They've called the Hennessy Venom F5. For a long and, time. And I was like, damn, when this comes out, if they're aiming for, like, 290, 300 miles per hour, it's going to be, like, insane. And so, I waited and waited and then forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's here. Um. Okay, so 1,817 horsepower. That's insane. <laughs> um, Interesting number. Are, the, so are, there any, are there any cars that have more horsepower than that i think it might be the highest horsepower the most horsepower in a production car also produ- and, i hate i hate when bugatti and like these people and hennessy are like this is the fastest production car production car is like a fucking camry what this is not a production car this is a yeah. car that you're producing who the hell is buying this shit <laughs> nobody um if i had if i had infinite money i and this was like I could just buy it to have it. I wouldn't even buy it to have it. I mean, actually, I might. But I, might. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, a V8 twin turbo, nicknamed Fury for some reason. I don't know why you're named your, your, Yuri. Your Yuri is that? That's the engine. It's no, named Fury. Yuri. Fury. Fury. Oh, I thought yeah. you said Yuri. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? That's the strangest name. Um, zero to sixty, two point six, top speed, three hundred and eleven honest- miles an hour. Honestly, 2.6 seconds is not really that impressive. Especially with electric cars. Yeah, um, tes- considering Tesla's claiming that their new Roadster is going to be 1.9 on, yeah, on their yeah, like, year to 60, really not that impressive. I mean, but for a gas-powered car, 2.6 is like still good. Um, $21 million. Or, sorry, $2.1 million. Oh, I was like, $21 million. Um, Only 24 are going to be produced. American made, okay. Um, six point six liter. Um. Okay, I want Noah's opinion on how this car looks because Ben and I talked about it a little bit before we started recording. But Noah, I wanna, I wanna get your opinions on it. I think it looks really good from what I'm, from what I see right now. I it looks kind of, it looks kind of like a noble, honestly. It does. One. It does kind of look like a noble. 
one word for me? Uninspired. Yeah, no, that's true. Uninspired. There is there is no there is no special element about this car. Like if you were to look at it on the road, you'd be like, "That's a cool looking car," but like it doesn't look like a car that goes three hundred miles an hour. Fresh out of fucking GTA, bro. Yeah, it It looks like like a GTA GTA. car. Um, It looks it looks like every other like hypercar. I don't like the one style steering wheel. Yeah, I'm confused why they put that in. Considering I'm confused why they have Apple CarPlay. In their promo <laughs> fucking Apple they really put <laughs> Apple CarPlay in this thing. It's just okay. This thing, this thing's fucking raw. We got eighteen hundred horsepower, but you American know, flag, to incentivize you to buy it, we're gonna put Apple CarPlay in. <laughs> like that's gonna make a difference. Like, I, I was, bes- okay. I was deciding you between. You have I was a deciding between four, or you have an eighteen hundred horsepower hypercar. <laughs> I was deciding between this one and the Bugatti Chiron, and I chose it because it has Apple CarPlay. <laughs> Imagine sure being that person to make that decision. Like, I'm sure Koenigsegg has Apple CarPlay in their cars, too, which is just funny. Um, their promo car is blue, but the engine cover is yellow, and it's a rear engine with a glass in the back, so you can kind of see the engine. And I don't like that color combo. It's, it's like a very deep navy. Sam? It's actually mid-engined. Mid-engined. Sorry. So, fuck you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't like the color combination. Um, it, it's kind of weird. I kind of like the blue. Okay. You know, it's, it's yellow because of Pennzoil, isn't it? I don't fucking know. It fucking Why? is, isn't it? <laughs> look. Look, it says powered by Pennzoil. Doesn't it? On the also, the engine, engine. Built, the engine is built in uh, Britain. So, an all-American hmm. car. Built in the United Kingdom. Wait, so so who makes the engine? I don't know. Um, I didn't read it. Um, I I mm, I did. If you're really gonna take this shit over a Koenigsegg one to one, you're fucking high. Or really over over a Chiron. I think I think I'd have the Chiron over both. By the way, it's built in it's, Texas, if anybody was wondering uh, yeah. which state wanted to build an 1,800-horsepower car. It's Texas. No. So if you want to buy one, if anyone listening to this podcast has 2.1 million of spare change laying around, we you want to see how long you can drive it before it fucking falls apart, <laughs> please do and let us know. If you want to buy one, we are actually a dealership for them. Um, so four point oh, two million dollars, and uh, it's yours. We take a fifty percent cut, but uh, small price. If you give us double the price of the car, we will buy one for you. We will build one for you. I that would be great, but I mean. Anyway, okay, let's get on into the uh, the whole point of this podcast. Um, so a few things before we start. Um, each of us is going to present the facts or the, uh, conspiracies to a case. The uh, we're going to discuss facts. it for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the, the quote-unquote facts. Quote-unquote facts. We're going to discuss half of it them for a little bit. Facts. Then we're each going to give a rating, 0 to 10, on how believable it is. 0 being no fucking shot. 10 being, yeah, okay. Um, and then we're going to rate each case, 0 to zero to 30. Um, yeah. These are just our opinions. We encourage you all to and, and, look uh, at the facts. 
and also a disclaimer we're not conspiracy theorists we're not we're oh, just yeah. we're <laughs> just fucking around so, <laughs> so uh, relax just relax this is gonna be a two-parter um when part two is coming out we don't know um if you guys like this one please let us know and we'll get part two out sooner or, rather than later or if you have like other conspiracy theories you want to hear us talk about we, we already have a pretty like, big list, but, like, if you want, yeah, if you have more, please, please let us know. So, without further ado, no friends, what is our first conspiracy theory today? So, our first conspiracy theory is a, a classic, um, flat earth theory, that the earth is, in fact, flat. Which... Shout out Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> shout out B.O.B., yeah. shout out a bunch of other people. This is, obviously, obviously, like, the known flat earthers, I know a few of them, like, fucking Nathan Oakley, I think is one of them. There's that, a lot of that people. That guy who, um, like, the main guy, I forgot his name, he's the main guy in the flat earth documentary. Oh, yeah, and if, if you guys are interested more, like, in hearing about flat earth theory, or really the culture behind, like, flat earth theorists, uh, there's a movie on Netflix called Behind the Curve. Honestly, Great like, I'm going to be movie. honest, they really don't present any evidence for Flat Earth in it throughout it's the entire thing. Fantastic. Also, it's kind also, of hilarious to watch. Um, the Flat Earth community and also the Flat Earth debunking community is big on YouTube. Yeah, so. yeah there's a lot. Um, but I no, let, talk about it a little bit and then we'll... Yeah, so I'm going to go over some, like, top, like, very top level stuff um, when it comes to debunking it. When I'm talking about the theories, again, like, kind of top level, but honestly, there's, like, very, very little evidence for a flat Earth. Um, so, basically, what is flat Earth theory exactly? It's the idea that we live on a flat Earth, like, almost a plane, and it's surrounded by a dome as the sky, and on that dome is the sun, the moon, all the planets, stuff like that. So, along with the flat Earth theory, it also means that like, flat earth theorists also believe that it's a, we live in a geocentric solar system, which was disproved a long time ago, and I will give you some evidence for that as we go on. But, um, the main evidence for this theory is literally just that when you are standing on earth, in your perspective, the earth looks flat. And, like, yes, obviously it looks flat, because it has very little curvature, because it's huge. But, yes, it is a sphere. Um... Some other evidence is that some locations which should, like, technically should not be seen based on the curvature of the Earth can be seen as you look across water and stuff like that, but that was disproved, like, really easily by some scientists when they took into account the bending of light by the atmosphere. It's, like, obvious that the, like, the, like, buildings and stuff like that in the distance can be seen at farther distances. Um, another really easy way to disprove, like, flat earth theory is that, is if you think about the visibility of Polaris, so Polaris is also known as the North Star, and is always above the North Pole, and that means since the Earth, like, orbit, or rotates around its North Pole, the location of Polaris does not change to a Northern Observer on the sky ever. Doesn't matter the season. Doesn't matter, like, anything like that. I have a question. What? Do we have a South Star? 
Uh, there's like, like one that's there's that's the, close to. There's like not one directly above the South Pole, but there's the Magellanic okay. Clouds, which is like two like. They just haven't put it on the smaller dome galaxies. Yeah, yeah. I feel like flat earthers don't really believe that the southern hemisphere exists. The, well, no, no, no. They do, but no, they believe that that the North Pole is actually the perimeter of the dome, or like the it's perimeter the of ice. the Earth. Wait, like, and it's like, like Antarctica an ice is what? Antarctica. Antarctica. No, 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 no. The Arctic, like the North Pole. Wait, all of it. Oh wait, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. You're right. The Antarctic. Yeah, the South Pole. You're right. Yeah, that's what, that's, what I, that's what I thought they believed. And they're also like, look at the Southern Hemisphere. There are no flights when there literally are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so wait, so back to Polaris. So Polaris in Flat Earth Theory would be above the center point of the disk, you could say, because it's above the North Pole. That means that on the disk in Flat Earth Theory, you should be able to see Polaris anywhere you go on it. But in reality... If you approach the southern hemisphere, at the equator, Polaris appears to be right on your horizon. And then as you go into the southern hemisphere, you can no longer see Polaris. And fly earthers can't explain this. Like, you can't explain the disappearance of Polaris with a flat earth. Another thing is, um... You can't explain the placement of Mercury and Venus between the earth and the sun based on the dome theory, because if Mercury and Venus are on the dome, they can't also be on, like, a dome the same distance away from us as the sun. They can't be between us and the sun. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've actually seen flat earthers try to debunk the globe by using, like, the rising and setting times of Mercury and Venus and showing that they don't actually work out. But, sorry... Um, if you look at, like, rising and setting times, I'm pretty sure Mercury and Venus always rise and set at a very close time to when the sun rises and sets, because whenever we're seeing them, they're close to the sun, because they're closer planets to the sun than we are. Um, and flat earthers, I believe, have tried to debunk the globe by saying, like, they couldn't possibly, like, rise at this time, but... As far but as like, I've we've seen. seen them transit the sun. So, like, yeah. clearly they go in between us and the sun. Um, so then going on to the idea that, uh, like, a geocentric model, which is obviously not correct, but one big piece of evidence for that is uh, the retrograde motion of Mars. So if we observe Mars for a long time, because, or as, as Mars passes Earth, it will appear like Mars almost backtracks in its orbit. Um, this is because, like, of our perspective, and it's almost like, as a car is driving, and another car, and another car passes it, sometimes it feels like you're moving backwards as that car passes. It's the same idea. So, this, this cannot be explained with a geocentric model. Or, uh, technically it can. It can, but it's so stupid. It's that the... It's that Mars orbits the Earth in like a uh, loop-de-loop. Yeah. So like, so like, <laughs> it goes around thing. and then loops back and then goes like, but that doesn't make any sense. Like, flat, it, yeah, flat Earthers are just like they're the epitome of conspiracy theorists that are like, what about this? This doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't make any sense why we would be living on a globe. But like, 
they they haven't put together a coherent model that makes more sense than the globe does it's just conspiracy theories are so good at just finding evidence that like can almost support their case and then disregarding everything else yep yeah it's because there's it's because their evidence standard is so low yeah, I mean, so and let's talk so about, that, that even goes let's talk into about like, the laser. The laser. Yeah, I was about to. So they, yeah. in, again, this is shown in the movie, the Behind the Curve movie on Netflix, but Flat Earthers have actually done two, like, very scientific experiments to try to prove that the Earth is flat. The first one is using a gyroscope. They use a really, uh, like, technical gyroscope, put it on Earth, and to see, like... Or to prove that the Earth is not rotating, but so they like, found that the gyroscope should rotate fifteen degrees. Fifteen degrees yeah. because there's twenty four hours in a day, and three sixty divided by twenty four is fifteen. And, and they, they do found, it, and they get fifteen, and they get like, fifteen. Yep, exactly fifteen. And they're like, <laughs> Dude, so oh, what do they spend like twenty thousand dollars on this fucking gyroscope <laughs> to try to prove prove that the Earth is? Oh my right. god. Yep, is around. Um, like, the other one. Did they? Did they is, think that? Did they think that like the government's just trying to hide this from us? Yes. Oh yeah, this it, conspiracy theory probably yeah. goes. So if the government's trying to hide this from us, ones we're going to touch on. If the government's trying to hide this from us, why would they allow for the sale of something that's going to prove the globe? <laughs> that's a good question. Um. <laughs> All right, and then the, the laser. The weird thing is, they also believe that other planets are round. They're like, yeah, yeah. the moon is round. That makes sense. But but we I actually we are, I actually don't know that they believe that. Yeah, no, because don't some, they believe that do. it's on a plane on the sky? Yeah, because I know the flat Earth Twitter account. Like there, there was that meme of Elon Musk saying, "Hey, flat Earth society is is there a flat Mars society?" <laughs> and then the flat Earth society Twitter commented back. Hi, Elon. Um, unlike the Earth, Mars has been proven to be round. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, the flat Earth... Like, there really is no official flat Earth society. There's no flat Earth they have, true conspiracy. They all... They the, all the flat... They don't... No, but the actual, the actual brand flat Earth society, like the one that has a Twitter account, isn't actually the flat Earth society. Like, it's not... It's not what the real flat earthers go to, which is yeah. weird. Um, um, there's a flat earth podcast too. They're one of our biggest rivals. I forgot what their name is. <laughs> Bro, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I've seen like snippets from that podcast, where the guy just gets like he gets disproven and he just keeps. Yeah, fucking. he just he just ignores the evidence. It's, yeah, and he just insults everyone that comes on and tries to. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I I highly recommend going watch going to watch the uh, Netflix documentary. Yeah. It's wild. Um, there's even like a little love interest in there. Like it's kind of entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting. Um. Wait, no, but we have to talk about the laser. That literally, it's the second experiment they did that just disproved them, and they still yeah. won't accept it. Made no sense. Um. So they basically set up three like wood walls and cut or no two wood walls and cut holes at the same level in two of them. So I think it was at eight feet, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And then um really far away they set up a camera. So like 
and the second wood wall was in the middle. I'm doing a terrible job at explaining this, but it it, it was like very weird. Yeah, yeah it's it was like basically, basically like they're trying a to wall prove that and a light. camera, and then a wall in the middle, and then they took a light source and they shone it through the hole in the first wall, lined it up with the hole in the second wall, so that showed that they were shining in a straight beam. Yeah. If the Earth was flat, then a camera at eight feet would pick up that light. But when they did this experiment, they found that a camera eight feet did not pick up any laser light. And instead, they had to raise the camera to the calculated amount if the Earth was round. Like, the actual calculated amount. Like, like it's hilarious. And they still were like, no, the Earth is flat. (laughs) I feel like flat earthers, like, think that, like, if the Earth was round that the curvature is just so dramatic. It's like almost like a basketball, like you're standing yeah. on. They're like, yeah. oh, you know, our shoes wouldn't be flat if the Earth was round. They would be slightly curved so we could walk like, normally. <laughs> the fundamental thing is, like, the failure to understand how big the Earth really is. Because yeah, it's, it's huge. fucking huge. Yeah, yeah. It's like... It's wild. Like, and they make these arguments you... about... They make these arguments about, like, water being level and like water can't curve but gravity literally just gravity yeah just gravity and also you've seen water curve because like you've seen a fucking water droplet like (laughs) that's true it's 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 (sighs) all right well okay so we need to rate this one i think we all know what we're gonna put but um Um, i'm gonna say zero (laughs) i'm also gonna say zero I'm gonna give it a one. <laughs> Why? And the reason is, I think we are scientifically biased. This I, is a STEM podcast, and I, I I don't think we're appreciating. <laughs> Granted, this this ability is not difficult to acquire, but I don't think we're appreciating how difficult it is Our to education. understand how big the Earth is. No, okay, it, but but listen, but listen. They literally have disproved themselves. Like, I, know, I can't give it a lot. I know, but it's but themselves. also it's it's like natural human instinct to not change what you believe. So like, if we did, I mean, if we didn't know what we knew, like mathematically and like physically and like all of our education, and somebody was just like the Earth is flat, and if we had no evidence to back it up, I would be like maybe so i will agree with that i will also give it a one all right i'm boring my education zero. i will give it a so, one. okay so we got one one zero kind of two, out of, two out of thirty two out of thirty <laughs> okay currently right. let's all right. the most believable of this episode but we got let's move we got on to our next conspiracy theory this one also is based on documentaries yeah Sam? another netflix documentary um sorry let me let me find my notes for this one um, yeah, so we're talking about Bob Lazar. Um, there's a documentary called Bob Lazar UFOs and Things or something on Netflix. Um, so, one second. You know, I did watch the documentary. It's a, it's an interesting one. <laughs> what did you, what Is did you good? guys, what did you guys so think let, let me give a little background. Bob Lazar, um, uh, He's a quote-unquote whistleblower, I guess. Um, he worked in... Um, he worked in a base, a government base known as S4, 
near Area 51, one of the most mysterious places in the world. Probably has nothing there. Um, <laughs> and he claimed that there were um, anti-gravity um, powered flying saucers. So basically they would bend the space-time continuum in front of them to propel them forward. Which is an interesting, like... See, but you say that like it's crazy, but there's actually a theory to create a, a spaceship that technically travels faster than the speed of light, but it doesn't actually travel faster. Just the I mean, way it bends space-time allows it's it It's, like, possible. That's just, it's, that's just warp drive. That's yeah. exactly... That's literally exactly how Star Trek has explained warp drive. You take... Yeah. Your engine is basically bending space-time, so it's like creating a wormhole. Yeah. And it's, it's so cool. But... That's that's for a different day because it's really so he he claims that there's this uh this element one fifteen that powers these crops powers this this drive uh, he explains there's like multiple kind of drives on the contraption uh, he said he saw an alien one time that was like three feet tall or something but he um, also said he also said don't remember that it might not have been an alien. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he never he never said it was an alien. He just said he worked on this craft. Um, and a lot of things he said can't really be proven or disproven, really. Um, it's a very, like, take this information and build your own opinion on it. Um, one part of the movie I found really interesting is that he's, like, in one of his original interviews, he's like, yeah, to check in, we had these, like, finger, like, these hand things where we'd, like, place our hand on there, and they would, like, scan it and let us in. He's like, I've never seen a picture of one since, and then somebody shows him a picture of it from somewhere, and he's like, yeah, that's exactly it, which is, like, very interesting. But um, he could that also, is another interesting part that we'll get to in a minute. He could have also um, just, like, guessed what it was and they could have either never found a picture of it yeah it, or if it they found like, a picture of some hand device he could just be like yeah that's exactly what i was talking about even though he was just talking about some bullshit like you just made it up that's um, true what about the element he claimed so? to have attended both caltech and mit neither of them have any records of him <laughs> red flag <laughs> Red flag. Um, but yeah, people have said they've seen him on campus. They said they knew, knew him. Um, so he said he worked at fucking Los Alamos. Yeah, he he said a bunch of things. You know, flat earthers probably took it around with also, it. So, if anyone doesn't know what Los Alamos is, it's a a lab where that was originally basically created as the basis for the Manhattan Project. So they build the atomic bombs there, which is, um, it's like the most advanced laboratory that everybody knows of that is declassified in the nation. And it's not all the way declassified. So um, continue. Bob used to make uh, rocket-powered vehicles in his youth, bikes, cars um which is very interesting like imagine being like 21 and you're like yeah i just threw a rocket on the back of the car that's legendary i want to do that i want to do that every day um apparently <laughs> got like shot at a couple of times um but he during in the documentary they uh they have a a part that's recorded 
with no sound. It's just kind of a time lapse of them talking. Um, they take all their phones out of their pockets, put them somewhere else. They have a conversation. Uh, the video, the audio for the video gets encrypted, put in a storage somewhere. They never talk about it. No one knows about it. Next day, CIA comes in, raids Bob Lazar's house. But directly quoting the uh, the mm. video, the conversation. They never. Why did they? Why did they not take any like video evidence of the CIA or FBI or whoever it was raiding his house? They did. No, they didn't. Yeah, there's a video of Bob like the CIA is in my house, and then he like shows the people. What? All right, I guess I need to rewatch this thing. Okay. Because I'm going to have to rewatch it, too. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of interesting parts in the movie. Um, he really has no incentive to lie. There's nothing, like, behind it. There's no... Except just for his enjoyment, I guess. Yeah, there's no, like, he just enjoys, like, intention telling story. behind it. Like, he's not, he's not telling this to, like, destroy people or anything. It's just, like, he's saying it. Um, Wait, so I'm, I'm still him... a little confused. Like, what exactly is the conspiracy? The conspiracy theory is that in Area 51, in this base called S4, there's a flying machine um, from not our planet, powered by an element 115, that uses anti-gravity to, or like a gravitational kind of um, engine to propel this um, spacecraft very fast without any fuel or anything. Okay. So the conspiracy Wait, theory so is that there is actually stuff in Area Fifty One. Um, in this, how specific. does how does it explain like that element one fifteen has like a half life of like what is it, Ben? You said it last time. Well, it's something as very. As we similar. know, the longest lived uh, isotope. isotope of moscovium, which is element one fifteen, the official name for it, is six hundred fifty milliseconds. So like, it isn't stable enough to power something. But he um, claims that there's a stable element 115. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing that's really interesting, and I actually knew about this before um, watching this documentary. Uh, nuclear, theoretical nuclear physicists are predicting that we might find a, quote, island of stability somewhere around atomic number 112 to 114 in the range of atomic weights where we haven't been able to synthesize yet. Can you dumb that down for our viewers and me, please? No, that, okay. I mean... <laughs> so, I still... Do you know why? Also explain why, if you know. No. There's weird things with... Um, so, just a rundown of, like, nuclear decay. Um, the elements that we commonly know, like... People probably know of like aluminum and iron, uh, oxygen, nitrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, things like that. They're really light elements, so they don't have a lot of protons and neutrons in their core. Why did I say core? Their nucleus. It's also important Um, they have the same number of neutrons and protons. Not when you get up to higher numbers. Right. No, I mean, but in in lighter, that's why lighter elements are stable. A lot of times. Yeah, but it it just happens to be like that. Like, there's a certain arrangement of protons and neutrons in a nucleus that makes it the most stable. Right, that, according to the weak nuclear force. Because um, neutrons and protons are held together by the nuclear strong force, but also when you get a lot of them, oh, the right. 
forces pushing them apart are greater than that nuclear strong force. So when you get into higher elements, they become radioactive. From bismuth, which is element 83 onwards, all of those, as far as we know, are radioactive elements. So um, they decay, and most of them decay in alpha particles, which is basically a nucleus of helium. Um, and that includes element 115. And to measure how radioactive something is, or how fast it decays, uh, you measure its half-life. And the half-life is basically, if you have a lump of this, uh, if you have a lump of this material, most of them are metals, um, how long will it take for half of it to decay? And then that amount of time later, after half of it has decayed, then a quarter, then an eighth, and so on. Because um, decay is exponential. Yeah. So the half-life of uranium, which is an element that you've probably heard before. Let me look it up. We're going to get a little more into this in another episode. Yeah. Uh, it's focusing 4. on nuclear 5. power and such. Yeah. Um, half-life of uranium is 4.5 billion years to yeah. put the 650 milliseconds of Moscovium into perspective. And all those, all I mean, those wait, really that's, heavy that's elements... That's uranium-238, though, right? Yeah. Not but, not 235. Well, 235's about the same. Uh, U-235 is 700 million years. Okay, so, we're, we're getting off time. Like, okay. one less order of magnitude. Okay, that's really essentially. Um, so, Moscovium, this element 115, has... As far as we know, the longest-lived isotope, which is same element but different number of neutrons in the nucleus, is 650 milliseconds. But scientists also theorize that around um, around element 112 to 114 in that vicinity, which element 115 is kind of in that vicinity, there may exist a, quote, island of stability where you have super heavy elements that have a much longer half-life. Yeah. The so thing Bob is we, claims to like yeah. have one of these. He doesn't claim and to. He, he they never talked about that in the in the documentary. That's what I think is is really interesting and honestly what lends like the most truth to it. It might be a co coincidence or it could be lying like specifically about that because there's that theorized island of stability but it's interesting well was the island of stability theorized before or after he made all these claims uh i don't i don't think i think it's independent from it i don't think i don't, I don't, I don't think, think bob lazar is a very respected member of the scientific <laughs> community <laughs> yeah. but uh he, like, he never claimed to have a stable element he claimed that the extraterrestrial life or the spacecraft used it um the cia and fbi swear that he has some of it but he never admits to it probably does man's is kind of sketchy not gonna lie <laughs> all right i think we need to uh i think we need to move on soon oh yeah let's let's get a score first yeah uh sam you go first since you resent it three i'm gonna say three as well that's what i was thinking um just Maybe literally, four. I was I was thinking way lower, but because of the theorized island of stability and the the idea like, behind the warp drive, like it could be possible. Like it really could be. 
but you know, he just four. seems kind of crazy. Four. You know, you know, I I think it's not true. So I'm looking under five. Yeah, but it's like really, really good. So I'm gonna give him a four. Okay, four, 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 three. That is eleven. Eleven. We got eleven. Eleven. Eleven out of thirty. That's not bad. Not great. Not bad. Better than not not great, but not bad. There's, I mean, there's I not think, a lot disproving this, though, is the I thing. I think I'm going to beat you guys, though. Yeah. All right, what, okay. Because next one, what's next... I'm, I'm excited. Okay. Is I'm, honestly... I'm pumped. In my opinion, the most believable conspiracy theory. I'm pumped. Because I, I honestly really think it's the most research, believable but... conspiracy theory. And that is one of the classics, maybe the classic, maybe. which is 9-11. 9-11. 9 is... The mother of all conspiracies. You might consider JFK assassination to be the mother of all conspiracies, but <laughs> we're not going. We're think not touching on that today. Yeah. But we'll touch on that next episode. Anyways, I want to start with nine eleven in an unusual place. I want to start with the Pentagon. Okay. okay. So in nine eleven, um, on nine eleven, the story is that there were four hijacked planes. Two hit uh, the twin towers of the World Trade Center. Yeah. Um, one hit the Pentagon. And the other crashed somewhere in Pennsylvania. Uh, so we're going to start with the Pentagon. So the guy that apparently uh, hijacked the plane and crashed into the Pentagon, his name is um, Hani Hanor. Apparently um, a guy from Saudi Arabia involved with Al-Qaeda. Um, but the thing is, one month before this happened, this guy was reported to show up and he wanted to rent like a Cessna out of some rental place. A Cessna is a um, very small plane for yeah, those that it's a very, don't know. It's a, very it's small a single plane. engine, um, tiny little three people. I don't know. Tiny plane. Yeah. <laughs> he did have his pilot's license, but in order to rent to them, rent to people, they require that uh, they take a flight with their instructor to verify that they're actually good enough to fly. And this guy, according to reports, was not very good. He was having trouble controlling the plane, um, trouble doing a lot of things uh, involving flying. And the weird thing is, a month later, this guy was able to perform an extremely complex maneuver with... A Boeing 757, which is a huge plane, traveling at 500 miles per hour, doing a 330-degree turn, uh, descending thousands of feet um, to the ground, where he would then hit the side of the Pentagon, which is tiny compared to the area you're talking about and, like, the area you're flying. Um, I mean, wait, wait, so quickly, quickly, couldn't he have just like pretended to be bad at flying in the first place just to be like just to like increase like instability in the country and like lead to conspiracy theories like this i mean Uh, i i guess but his place at that mental place wasn't very relevant like how would he have known that yeah that wasn't it people would pick up on that and nobody did i've never heard this before i watched this documentary pretty much all the information i'm i'm uh referencing is from a documentary called loose change Mm -hmm. what's it called it's the best it's called loose change 
It's the best 9-11 documentary I've ever seen. Okay. You should definitely watch it. Um, to, so to do that as like someone who can't really fly a month before with such precision is unlikely. It was done with almost military precision. And besides this, um, there are reports that Dulles Air Traffic Control uh, thought that this plane was a military plane. Um, also, uh, another thing is that records have shown that when planes hit things like light poles, uh, it brings the plane down. It totally rips the wings off, um, and the plane just crashes right there. Uh, when the 757 was approaching the Pentagon, it took out five light poles and then hit the Pentagon, which is inconsistent with all the other records that show what happens when planes hit light poles. Um, the plane was reported to have bounced off the front lawn of the Pentagon, and it has also been shown in, rec in other plane crashes what happens when a plane goes down into a grass field. And there are massive skid marks on the ground, as you'd expect, but on the front lawn of the Pentagon, no skid marks. There was I mean, also so is no... Is it possible yeah. it just didn't, like, bounce? I suppose it's possible, but the official report is that it bounced. Interesting. So something's okay. probably wrong. Um, there was no trace of the plane in the Pentagon. All of the parts that were, um, that were found that seemed to be from a plane were not able to match up to a Boeing 757. There were parts that they were able to match up actually outside of the Pentagon, but nobody has any idea how these parts would have gotten torn off and they look like they're in completely good condition. Uh, which doesn't really make any sense. There's, yeah. Um, the official report says that the heat of the fire uh, vaporized the plane, which has never happened before. But the bodies of the people in the plane could still be identified. So if the heat could vaporize this, this metal, this aluminum and titanium, how could it not vaporize the bodies of the people that were in the plane? Who knows? Who knows? Also, the damage to the outer wall is a 16-foot hole, not consistent with the size of the Boeing 757 uh, fuselage. Um, and also, there are no holes where the wings would have gone in. This The damage did not look at all like, um, like an impact of an aircraft. Um, in addition to this, the the holes did look like is a cruise missile so uh we've seen photos of what happens when cruise missiles hit buildings and it looks a lot like that um also there were been there were unusual unmarked planes seen in the area um and what happened after the pentagon so there were i think four security cameras that caught this um this impact on tape Immediately after the incident, the FBI came and confiscated these tapes. And they only released about four frames from one videotape where you could not conclude anything about what hit the Pentagon. So if the FBI wants to clear everything up, if they don't want this to be a conspiracy, why don't they just release the tapes? 
that mm-hmm. show clearly that a plane hit the Pentagon. <laughs> this one's kind of crazy. Is it? Is there evidence? Like, did you find evidence that it is obviously a Boeing seven five seven? There's no evidence that obviously points to it being a Boeing seven five seven, except for a few eyewitness testimonies, but also there are ones that indicate the opposite. There are ones that indicate that it was a small corporate jet. There are eyewitness testimonies that indicate it was a cruise missile. Very inconsistent. What like <laughs> like you I've like heard these like phone calls from people like loved ones on the plane or whatever, but it's usually the people going into the World Trade Center. Like it's usually like we've been kidnapped, blah 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 and then it's like caught and it's like they hit the World Trade Center five minutes later, blah blah blah. I I really yeah. haven't heard anything from the Pentagon plane or the Pennsylvania plane. Yeah, I haven't really either. They're probably out there. You can probably look them up, but um, I don't know. It's just something that's not really. So let's talk about the World Trade Center. That consistent. Yeah, the World on. Trade Center now. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the World Trade Center. Okay. So fun fact: before we start this, there's actually wreckage from the World Trade Center that somehow got shipped to my school and is now a monument about a three-minute walk from where I live, like, across a <laughs> field, um, which I find very interesting. I don't know why they were like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> interesting. So, let's move on to the World Trade Center. And probably the most interesting thing about the World Trade Center attacks uh, that not a lot of people know is that um, the North and South Tower, the Twin Towers, were not the only buildings to collapse on 9-11 in the World Trade Center. World Trade Center Building 7, which was a much smaller building than um, the Twin Towers, also collapsed. It was not hit by any plane. The official report is that falling debris onto Building 7 caused it to be weakened and fall over. This is obviously disputed, but we do know that Building 7 did house um, sections of the FBI, CIA, Secret Service, um, as well as investigations into people on Wall Street and Rudy Giuliani's, the mayor of New York at the time. Pretty interesting that we're talking about Rudy Giuliani, not in his current profession right now. His emergency bunker. Um, it collapsed in six seconds into a very convenient pile of debris. Um, and the main thing about 9-11 is that the reports of the buildings falling is very consistent with a controlled demolition. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a controlled demolition, um, but they basically implode and collapse like that. And that's what it looked like to see Building 7 collapse. So that's the main evidence. That the collapses are too methodical. Um, a lot of experts say that there must have been some other explosive devices, although they did soon change their minds on that within the weeks after 9-11. Um, also, there are reports from the 
New York Fire Department uh, on the scene of 9-11. They heard other, a lot of other people heard other explosions within the Twin Towers, uh, other than the plane just hitting the Twin Towers. Um, And the firefighters that went up to fight the fires um, on uh, the floors where the plane hit the Twin Towers didn't describe them as very fierce, uh, as fire that melts steel beams in the World Trade Center would be described. So uh, as these buildings are coming down, we saw, um, you can essentially see uh, controlled demolition blasts in the side of the building, which is very interesting. Um, And you might ask how these explosives got here. Um, There are World Trade Center uh, guards, and they do have bomb-sniffing dogs. But apparently those bomb-sniffing dogs were removed two weeks before 9-11, how convenient. Um, yeah. <laughs> By someone. You want to guess George who George W. Bush. No, it was not, not George W. Bush. It was his brother, according to this document. That he was, it was his brother. <laughs> it was his brother. It was, what's his name? Yeah. I forgot his name. Uh, I don't know his name either, so... Robert Fallon. <laughs> Marvin Bush. Marvin. By Marvin Bush, who is chairing um, the organization apparently responsible for the removal of these dogs. So there's a lot of strange things that happened uh, on yeah. 9-11. After, after the Twin Towers came down, there was no investigation. All, all the evidence at the scene was immediately shipped off. Um which is very interesting. So a lot of things you can question, and I haven't really heard a good explanation for. Um, a lot of things don't add up. What yeah. do you guys think about this? Um, I want to say, I, based on the evidence here, and I don't know much about it, like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all, but based on the evidence here, there's a lot of stuff to question. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I'm definitely going to do a little more research because I'm curious. Um, I definitely do... You definitely should do more research. Um, I'm gonna watch also, I was I was trying to convince you guys as hard as I could uh, that this is actually an inside job, essentially. I was trying to convince you as hard as I could about the conspiracy theory. Right, and so um, like, I'm, sure, way, do add up. I'm sure we're hearing some bias here. The, con- like, it, the conspiracy yeah. theory that it was an inside job, it's still, even if it was, it still, um, it still did the same thing. Still killed a lot of people. Uh, yeah. Sent a statement. It did what it was intended to do. The way that it was shown to us as Americans um, might not have been correct, but it still got the job done. I don't like saying got the job done, but that's, you know what I mean. I do want to say, as a moment of respect, I couldn't imagine being there on 9-11, regardless of whether or not it was an inside job, it's fucking tragic. All three of us were um, alive. That's insane. That's, it's so scary. Noah was fresh out the womb. Highest, highest respect to 
Um, yes. The first responders of 9-11. Definitely. Immediate, immediate legends. <laughs> when this happened, we were all less than a year old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like yeah. three months old. <laughs> Sam and I, I were, I like, were... like nine months old? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. We were like... Uh, like we're like seven months old, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright, okay. do you want to rate this one? Yeah, let's rate it. Yeah, let's one. rate it. I'm going to give it a five. I I feel like there's just a lot of evidence for it being a, like a solid theory and very little evidence that it's wrong. And again, like I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but like it seems fairly reasonable. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, I think I agree with that. I'm going to probably give it a six. Like, this is the most well-done conspiracy documentary I've ever seen. And the budget, like, it was just made by a guy on his laptop, which is really strange. <laughs> um, but there, there's, there's really no, like, tr- you have to trust me on this aspect. Yeah. Um, the only thing that is taking away from it is the fact that, like, how would the government be able to hide this from people? Yeah. I, I think it's of, very... There's a lot of big I, questions. I think, like after all, it's it's pretty difficult for the government to hide big things like this. Especially mm-hmm. with how many people would have to be involved and, in, like, you can't yeah. silence all of them. And, and a lot of things don't really make any sense, like, if you if it was, like, a cruise missile that hit the Pentagon, like, how do we... I guess we haven't heard any um, people that were on the plane and said this was hijacked, um, but they're probably out there, so yeah. if there are, how do yeah, you get those? Like, and where'd they go? Yeah. Like, how did, how did people not know that it was it was being orchestrated by the government? You have people talking from the planes it's like it just seems something there's too many variables for the government to hide yeah i'm also gonna go with a i'm also gonna go with a six um all right awesome there's a lot of evidence um yeah i don't know um so what's that six six five seventeen yeah seventeen points out of thirty that is the first over fifty percent. Over fifty wow. percent. Wow. Um, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna end it here because we are approaching an hour. We have three more planned, but uh, yeah, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, okay, nine, this is going to be a multi-part uh, series, I guess. This is um, like basically four parts. <laughs> yeah, we got. So a if lot. you guys want to hear more, um, should we give them a sneak peek of what we're what we're talking about? Well, we, hear, we we talked about the Titanic at the end of last episode. Yeah, yeah. that is so, that is one of them. We're definitely talking um, about that. I'm gonna actually I'm gonna talk about monoliths real quick. Um, yeah, that's pretty relevant. Yeah, so. it was aliens. <laughs> Just kidding. It was a it was literally a guy on YouTube. Go look it up. It's called yeah, it's I did something on YouTube. It's literally like an artist. Like, <laughs> he he called a video I did something. <laughs> no, his channel is called I did something, and it's like why I built these monoliths. Blah blah blah. <laughs> There's nothing behind it. It's not a conspiracy theory. Go look it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's wow. Pretty, pretty wow, that's like really clean. It's like a really clean, like, okay, we solved it. It's actually this. Um, um, yeah, we're going to talk about JFK um, next time, maybe. 
Malaysia flight. Fake three seventy. Another Fake moon landing. Uh, even though we already talked about uh, S four, like the branch off of Area fifty one, we are going to talk about we'll Area fifty one. We'll talk about 51. Area fifty one a little more, of course. Um, next week, and that uh, can all that can also be like a. Next week, also be first like guests a, are yeah. coming on to the show. Oh yeah, next week. Um, so tune in for that. We're having a woman in STEM um, episode to talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, we have two guests coming on, so get ready for that. Um, thank you guys for 21 listens overall on all of our episodes. Amazing. Wow. Amazing. Wild. It's a lot more than we expected, honestly. Yeah, seriously. I was expecting six at this point. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, so everybody have a great weekend. Um, go Bills. Remember that. And uh, by the time you hear, hear this, it'll be closer to Christmas. So happy holidays. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Sure Hanukkah safe. will be over when you hear this. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm so well, sorry. happy Hanukkah. <laughs> happy holidays. Goodbye.